Hey everyone, this is your girl E. I am back with another podcast. Today's topic is going to be God is a restorer, a hope for a new beginning. I pray that this message foremost is a blessing to you. I pray that you get out of it what God uh, intended me to give to you. And I pray that you are open to uh, what am I what I am saying. I do have a few scriptures for you, but I'm only going to read one of them in context. <coughs> Excuse me. The first scripture is Jeremiah 30, verse 3. The second uh, scripture is Jeremiah is going to be Jeremiah 33, verses 6. But I'm going to read in context um, from Jeremiah 33, verses 6 to about 11. Okay, in Jeremiah 33, verse 6, it says, and I'm reading the King James Version. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all nations on earth that hear all of the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, it is desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, his love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. When God says that he, he is the restorer, right? God is saying, for one, there's about a few points that God wanted me to give you, but there's two main points. When God said that he is a restorer, he, he said for me to tell you that the purpose of restoration is to, to bring him honor, to bring him glory, and to praise him. Now, this doesn't mean that God is selfish, right? Uh, God is a jealous God in a righteous kind of way because he wants us to be all for him because he created us but that's another topic right so God's purpose is for us to be restored but to be restored unto him when God says that he wants us to be restored unto him what he is saying is that when he first created Adam and Eve and then Adam and Eve was commanded to be fruitful and multiply um in cattle and herd and land and in in, in animals in the sea but also um he wanted them to be prosperous and multiply with children and this is how god is when god created adam and eve he said let us create man in our image and not only did god create adam but he also created eve but he created eve for adam so god restored the land and he created the earth again 
And not only did he create the earth, he created Adam and Eve, but they were, they were to work the land together, but to multiply. So even though God gave them this whole earth, right? God knew in his mind that Adam and Eve would reproduce and then their children would reproduce and so on and so forth. So he knew eventually the earth would be filled with people to be able to uh, take care of the land and things like that. So that's a, a, another story, but later on down the line, but to, to get the point of restoration, but to also get the point that I'm trying to bring is, is that God created us for him. He created us with him in mind, but with also us in mind. So keep that in mind. Restoration is about bringing him honor. It's about bringing him glory. It's about bringing him praise. The key point number two that God wanted me to, to relate to you. How we can move into abundance, we can also move out of abundance. Right? The question you want to ask yourself is, how does one get out of abundance? Right? And as you ask yourself this, and I'm going to give you a few answers, but as you ask yourself this, also get with God to 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 figure out what other answers that he can give you. Because even though I can give you what God has given me to give you, God also sometimes will speak to you and speak to other people to give you guys um, an extended version of what he has given me or to give you guys a deeper understanding uh, that he has given me because God knows that each of us have the gift of faith and he knows that because we have the gift of faith, we can handle certain levels of revelation. So always keep that in mind whenever you are listening to not only me talk on my podcast, but when you're you're in church, when you're listening to your pastor or your preacher speak, right? Always ask God for additional revelation to so you can get the word for yourself. Okay, how can you move out of abundance? How can you move out of the place that God has called you to be that's good, that's honorable, that's pleasing? You can move out of it by being disobedient. You can move out of it by living in sin. You can move out of it by making the the wrong decisions right in life. So if you can move out of the place that God has for you, you can move back into the place that God has for you, but not that you can undo your past decisions, but what God wants me to tell you is that you can move back into it by repenting and, and asking God to forgive you and to move on. However, you may not can go back and, and change, right? You, you cannot go back and redo those decisions over. All you can do is repent and then move on. But as you move on, because you already know what not to do, now you can get with God to see what it is that you, you should do. And sometimes you already know what you have to do because God may have already spoken a word to you. Some people may be running from their calling, you know, like Jonah. You know, he ran from his calling at one point because he was upset with the people. But that's in another story. And I actually wrote a book on it. And it's, it's titled, uh, What's Your Fist? The Story of Jonah. But Jonah was moving out of the will of God because he was he was angry. He was upset. And then, you know, he ended up being uh, in the belly of the well and all that jazz. But you can move back into it. But get with God to see what he says about restoration. Now, if you remember when I was reading Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 6 through 11, how God said that 
he would restore them. He would bring them back and they would honor him. But how they also had to uh, come out of their evil ways. They had to come out of uh, their wicked ways because at one point, because they were, they were lacking, they were living in sin, right? And I'm going to read it again in verse 8 so you can understand what I'm saying. He said, I will cleanse them from all sin they have committed against me and will forgive all of their sins of rebellion against me. That's verse 8. God was saying to them, if you repent, you follow my ways again, I will forgive you. I will cleanse you. That's what restoration is. That's the power of restoration is that not only will God restore, but he also cleanses us. He cleanses you. And God also wants to not only restore what he promised you. If you read Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 3, you will see that God says that not only do I want to give you land, I want to give you the land that he promised your forefathers, right? What he promised Abraham, what he promised Isaac, what he promised Jacob. He still wants uh, the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of David, you know, um, and so on and so forth to still have the things that God promised that we would possess. Just because it's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament, do not ever think that it does not apply to you. Don't ever think that it doesn't apply to the next person because God's word, the whole word, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's still for us, right? That This is what God wants me to get to you and to get through to you is that his words applied yesterday, but his word also applies today and it will apply in the future so when you're when you're looking at the Old Testament, when you're looking at the New Testament, when you're reading and you're thinking, man, they must have, you know, had a good life. Also know that God wants you to have that life. He wants you to be restored unto him. He wants you to be restored unto the kingdom, unto his kingdom. Why? Because he knows that some have been fellowshipping with Satan. He knows that some have been um going to the kingdom of darkness and God is a jealous God but he's a jealous God um in all righteousness not not the jealous you know like us like man you know like jealousy and envy you know which is of, of the kingdom of Satan but God is he's a jealous God in the righteous kind of way and he doesn't want to see you walking away and turning away you know from the faith he doesn't want you to to uh be doing certain things you know um, of the darkness now don't get me wrong we're not perfect God knows that he knows that we're not perfect right but he knows that if we try if we repent and if we keep um getting back up after we fall right he knows that he can work with that versus someone just quitting and giving up and then just going out there in the world and just doing whatever this is what God wants me to get to you he wants me to get to you that he can redeem he can restore and he can forgive. When God says that he will restore, not only does he restore his promises unto you, like I said before, but he also restores what he promised our forefathers. And I want you to read Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 3 because God said that he would bring back 
the people to the land that he promised them. But because they had moved away and, and because they had moved into a realm of disobedience, God said, I had to allow you to be scattered. This is what uh, living in sin does. This is what uh, being disobedient does. It, it scatters God's children because what is Satan? What is of the kingdom of darkness, right? Although Satan's kingdom is well put together and he's trying to mimic God, but because he's of the kingdom of darkness, even though he's well put together in a sense, right? You know, he can't defeat God, but he's put together in a sense that he's organized. Satan is strategic. He knows how to attack. But one thing about Satan is that he causes division. And one thing about God is, is that he causes uh, unity. He causes togetherness. He causes restoration. Satan, on the other hand, because he's the opposite of God, he causes division. He he causes um, uh, confusion, uh, being disorderly, right? So Satan and God is always the opposite of each other. If you ever want to see God in the details and see Satan in the details, look how things are well planned out. Look how things are in disarray. I do believe that there are many of us and many people that have so many blessings stored up, right? I believe that we have so many blessings stored up for us and for you. But because, um, you know, because there may be either generational sin, because there may be some type of uh, disobedience, right? Some of you cannot access what God has in store for you. And God said that you can have access to it. You can have it back. The only thing you got to do is turn to him. Because what God doesn't want, he doesn't want you and he doesn't want me to to have access to to all that he has called us to have. But yet still live in the world. Because he knows that if we are, if we do do that, if we if we continue to live in disobedience, he knows that. Satan is going to destroy everything that he has given us. And God doesn't want, right, his word to return to him void. Because God says in his words that his word shall not return unto him void. And because he says that, whatever God promises has to come to pass. This is why sometimes God would hold on to what he promised you. Because God knows that if I give it to her, if I give it to him, they won't be able to handle it, right? So get this. If if you feel like God has promised you something and you don't have it yet, but you can feel it in your spirit that it's about to come, that means that God wants you to prepare for what he has called you to. God wants you to prepare for the promises that he put in your heart. God wants you to prepare for the promises that he spoke to you a long time ago because God said, look, now is almost the time. Don't mess up. He's like, the devil is trying to throw all types of darts your way. He's trying to throw, you know, his strategic plan to try to get you to fall off. But God says, no, you got to stay steady. You got to hold on to me. You got to hold on to my word. If you just hold on to me and you focus on me, you focus on my only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and, and you hold on to the promises that I promise you. He says, I promise I will bless you. Right. In Malachi chapter three, verses 10, God says, if you bring um, your tithes to my house, he says, I promise I'll bless you. What is that? 
that's faith with works. Because God says in his words that faith without works is dead. So he wants us to do our part. It's, it's all over the New Testament. It's all over the, the Old Testament. God wants us to do our part. Because God knows that if we do our part, right, we walk in faith. We walk in obedience to his word. We don't live in sin or purpose, right? Not saying that we're perfect. We do have some things that we still got to work on. But God says that don't worry about what I'm going to work on in the future. Just work on what I'm working on now, right? If you walk in faith, if you don't live in sin, if you walk in obedience, if you repent, if you you also do everything that God tells you to do, right? Because not only do you have to walk in obedience, but God has a specific word for me and for you and for those around you. And God says, if you keep your ear to me, I'll tell you everything that you need to do. And God says, if you're afraid, you know, if you have those thoughts like, oh, but what if I mess up or what if I... um you know, don't hear everything. God says, don't worry, I got you. God says, if if you're earnest about walking my way, God says, I'll never let you fall. And if you do happen to make a mistake, God says, I'll pick you right back up. Do not let the devil get into your mind and make you think that what God has for you, he's going to take it away and take it away forever. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when God does give you a window of opportunity. But remember, with every window of opportunity, God will always, 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 always give you a word. He will always give you a word to follow, to be able to walk into that opportunity. And if trust me, if there's an opportunity for you, if there's a door that's open and you've been doing everything that you you uh, were told to do, that means, right, get this, that means that you are prepared already to walk into the opportunity. And the reason why, and God wanted me to tell you this, the reason why the devil is trying to get you to be afraid and to get you to walk away from the opportunity because the devil knows that you are prepared. The only thing that you got to do is to continue to walk in obedience. God says if you just walk through the door, right, you will be in rooms because your gift has made room for you and because I have prepared a door for you to walk through. So, So take the opportunities that God has given to you. And know that if he's giving you the opportunity, that means he's prepared you for it. And that should make you feel so happy and so rejoiceful. Why? Because to me, that is just God's way of loving you into wholeness. This this is just another way that God says, I love you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to, to prosper while you're on this earth. Why? Because this is what God spoke to Adam. And this is what he spoke to Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And you can read that up and look it up in, in, in the book of Genesis. God, God, he didn't just speak to Adam and Eve. God commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And if you read throughout the whole Old Testament and even the New Testament, You can see throughout God's word that he always commanded his children. He always commands us to be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because we are made in his image. We are to do the things that he he has already done. We are to do the things that he has spoken for us to do. Why? Because he is our father. Jesus said in in, um, in the New Testament when he walked this earth, Jesus said, 
I only do the things that Father, my Father has told me to do. And Jesus said, I only do the things that God has shown me. Jesus said, I, I do the things that God has told me to do in what I see my Father do. So what does that tell you? If we keep focus on God through Jesus Christ, we will see, right? We will see what God wants us to do and we will stay focused because God doesn't want us to be scattered. Because if you remember Jeremiah uh, chapter 33 in a couple of verses down through verses 6 through uh, 11, you will see that God said that they were scattered all over the place, right? And he wanted to restore them unto the land because when God looks down at us from his holy heaven, from his throne, he doesn't want us living in disarray. He doesn't want us living in sin. He doesn't want us out there scattered. It actually hurts God to see when we're not living prosperously. And I don't just mean financially, right? I mean living prosperously within our soul. Being prosperous means, means also being healed of sicknesses and diseases. Also being healed in your mind and being able to heal one another and being able to fellowship with one another and being able being able to walk in love again, right? Because being scattered also means what having a hard heart. When you're scattered all over the place, it means that your heart is not uh, towards God. Because like I said, God doesn't cause division. He doesn't cause separation. Satan does. God is about love and unity and being fruitful and multiplying and, and being redeemed. Beat back into the house of the Lord. This is why David said in uh in the Psalms when he would write his poems to God, which is like his love notes to God, he would say, I was glad when they said unto me, Let me go unto the house of the Lord. Why? Because David knew that not only did God's presence dwell in the land, but that back then there were certain uh places where God dwelled and, and and David knew that. David had that understanding. David had that power of perception. He knew that if he could get into the presence of God, that he would be happy. He would be joyous. And this is what God wants me to get to you. He wants you to be restored back unto that place of joy, of happiness, of peace, of, of living in abundance. Because this is what he has called us. Imagine um, you calling your children to be blessed and to be happy and to be prosperous, right? But somewhere down the line, your children started living in sin and they started getting away from, from your teachings and how you raised them. And they ended up in jail and behind prison. Why? Because they were suffering the consequences of their action. How would that make you feel? It would hurt you, right? Because if you are a parent that truly loves your child, it would hurt you to see that your child was locked up and away from you and you couldn't see them when you wanted to. It would hurt you because you love your child and that's not the things that you envisioned for them. It's the same way with God. When we're scattered all over the place and when we're allowing Satan to enter our homes, into our minds, and when we're allowing Satan to roam free, Unto the things that God has for us, and 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 you know, taking certain things because we've given Him access to certain parts of us, it makes God sad, because God is like, look, you have power and authority over Satan. 
only because of my only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And here you are, scattered all over the place. Heart is hearted. Why? Because there's things that you need to to clean up. And in, in Jeremiah chapter 33, God says, I'll cleanse you. If you come to me, I'll restore you. I'll make you whole. And that applies to your mind. God says he wants me to tell somebody. He says, I'll make you whole in your mind again. Some of you veered off and, and you may have been on drugs and you may have accidentally uh, drunken something where somebody poisoned it. And, and ever since then, your mind wasn't in the right place. God says, I'll restore your mind. I'll restore what the enemy has stolen. And God says, I'll restore you and bless you ten times fold, but you got to come back to me. You have to come back to me. God says, if you just get back into my graces, he says, I promise I'll bless you. Right. And before I close, I want to give you other a few key points. And and I don't know, man, I just feel it so strongly like this is the word that God wants me to give to you so that your way you can get it. Right. But. Always remember, always remember this about God, right? Always remember this. God is quick to forgive and he is quick to restore. He is quick to redeem his children. And you may feel like God is angry and you may feel like God's anger is eternal, right? Because of of maybe the um, the idea that you have built up in your mind about God. And I wrote in a few of my books previously that um, I used to think that God was mean. <laughs> I used to think that he was, like, going to, like, strike anybody with lightning, right? I used to think that, man, if you had, like, one wrong thought, like, God would, like, just come and just wipe you out, right? And why? It was because there were certain ideas that was pre-built in my mind from the things that I saw as a child. You know, not anything, you know, um completely horrific but sometimes you know certain things that you see in certain ways that people act because you know we've come from a generation to where they were just very strict and and you had to do this you had to do that and you you know obey your parents and things like that because these were the things that were still taught you know uh, and I'm not saying that it's not taught now but it was it was very prevalent back in those days and and you can ask you know your grandmother your grandfather your parents and they'll tell you that that's the era that they grew up in. So there were certain ideas that I had built up in my mind to where I thought God was angry, right? But through the years of Bible study and fellowshipping with God, God had to show me that um, he wasn't that way. You know, and it doesn't mean that, don't get me wrong, God's word does say that he is slow to anger, right? But when I tell you slow, I mean like, like slow to anger, right? But it doesn't mean that he doesn't get angry. He does. He gets a righteous anger, right? It's not the anger to, you know, like the, the limited sin anger. Like, it's everything about God is righteous, right? So, what God wanted me to tell you is, is that he's quick to forgive. He's quick to restore. Um, and don't think that he's angry with you, right? He's not. He's not angry with you. Uh, get into your mind and get into your spirit uh, that that God loves you and he wants to fellowship with you. Read God's word. Start getting into his word. Start start speaking God's word over your life. And not only that, you know, ask God. God says in his words that if you seek his face and if you seek him, and if you seek his kingdom, 
through Jesus Christ, as the, as the scripture says, the whole word, right? Because there are some people who would try to teach you um, parts of the Bible, but they don't want to teach you the whole thing. And those people that you got to stay away from, right? Ask God to um, to show you uh, the whole truth about Jesus and in, in, in uh, his entirety and how he meant it. So that way you can have the whole truth, right? And then the next thing before I close. God says that he is ready to redeem you through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He is ready to restore you, whether it be um, your in your prayer time, whether it be in your Bible study, and whether it be, you know, at like the grocery store. God says that he can speak to you anywhere you are. You don't have to be in a certain place. Now, if you want to have a prayer closet, if you want to set aside a certain time for God, God says that is completely okay. That is completely fine. But do not put God in a box because God doesn't want God does not want to be put into a box. Because God says that I am so unlimited. I am so omnipresent. He says that if you put me into a box, he says you will miss me. And he says you will miss the opportunities that I have for you because you'll be looking for him in one place, right? When he's over here, in, in the left corner, doing miracles after miracles, but you don't see it. Why? Because your mind is stuck on that God has to do it a certain way. God has to do it only on Sundays or only when you're good or only when you go to Bible study. God says, you can be strung out on drugs and I can send my angel to come and rescue you. He says, you can be in a grocery store having a panic attack and God says, I'll send my Holy Spirit to, to fill you up and to give you such peace that it'll crush Satan's head. God says, don't limit me because I am unlimited. Know that God is unlimited and that he loves you and that when he speaks to you through the Bible, through his spoken word, through through visions and through dreams, just know that this is God's love notes to you. It's his love note saying, hey, I love you. I want to talk to you. This is my word. Like, imagine how awesome it is to, to be able to hear from God. Just imagine with me how how blessed you are. Because there are some people who they are dead in the ground right now and they never knew Jesus. And they will never know him because once you're dead and gone in the ground, it's too late. But you're on this earth. God woke you up. God has given you another day. He says, I have given you another moment to get it right. And he says, I do this because I love you. Because I want you to get it right. I want you to be restored. I want you to be redeemed. And God is saying, I love you unconditionally that I'm willing to wait on you for that restoration. God says he promised Isaac and Jacob and Abraham so much. Remember in the Old Testament, if you go back to the Old Testament, if you don't know, God promised Abraham. He says, I'll bless your descendants. Saints, we are the descendants of Abraham and of David. And because of Jesus Christ, we are of the household of faith. We belong to God. We are his children. God's word didn't stop, you know, when the Bible was uh, done being written. No, as we are dwelling upon this earth, God's word is still going forth from millions of years ago. 
from thousands of years ago when he promised Abraham, when he promised Isaac, when he promised Jacob, when he promised King Solomon and, and King David. God's promises is always going forth. His word is always going forth because what God says in his words that his word shall not return unto him void because he is God. Can't nobody outdo God but God himself. Right? So I pray that this word is a blessing to you. I pray that this word was a blessing to you for those of you who, you know, probably have this on repeat. But just know that God has the power to restore and to redeem anyone. And I'll close it out and I'll close it out in prayer. Father God, I pray that for all who are listening to this podcast, that you you will speak unto them restoration and redemption. And that you will give them a new hope. That you will give them a new beginning. And that they will return unto you. And that they will honor you. And that they will glorify your name. And that they will praise your name. And it is that as they turn to you. And as they repent of their sins. And they repent of their ways. And as they do their Bible study. And they try to do the things that you tell them to do. Even when they're not perfect in their ways. And even when the devil tries to attack their minds and tell them, oh, they're no good. They are good, Father, only because your son, Jesus Christ. When the devil tries to tempt them to give up, Father, strengthen them that they may, they may have courage to go forth. And as they are being redeemed back unto the kingdom of Father, of your kingdom, of, of, of your holiness, Father. That they will be renewed and, and strengthened in their mind and strengthened in their ways. And that they, they, they take off the old man. And as they're putting on a new man, Father, that you will show them a new way. That you will show them that your way is the best way. And to put on their heart that they, they done already tried the world. And the world had nothing to offer them. But Father, your way is the only way. And I pray that this message is a blessing and that as they're, they're listening to your word, that they, they would read your scriptures and that they would meditate on your word. Even if it's one scripture a day for five minutes a day, let them meditate on that word and let it get down in their spirit, Father. And also send them help because you, Father, said in your word that iron shoppers iron. Send them help on their job. Send them help as they're they're in school preparing to, to, to do the things that you tell them to do, whether they be a lawyer, a surgeon, a doctor, you know, a hospital worker, you know, a social worker, father. Send them help. Send send them their divine ordained uh covenant connection friends like David and, and Jonathan, Father. Send them help so that they, they can continue on this journey. And that they can fulfill your purposes that you have for them. And, and, and also in marriage, some, some father you have called to be married, father, send them their soulmate, father, but also put it on their heart to prepare them for their soulmate. Because father, you said in your word that when you restore and when you redeem, you do it fully into your full capacity because father, you are a loving God and you are a merciful God. 
And you are a God who gives in abundance. Because you are unlimited and you said in your word that we serve an unlimited God, Father. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.